0: Hey there, this is Adrienne Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 11 of the Mind, Heart, Space podcast. Today here in Portland, it's very warm, as I sit in my office, so I've opened up all the windows, so if you hear some noise in the background, it's probably the traffic or some sort of noise coming from the outside world so please accept my apologies if that is distracting in any way but I really needed a breeze (laughs) so anyhow today I wanted to talk to you about a topic that's been coming up in many different ways and many different layers both personally and out in the world It's interesting how this happens in my life. I don't know, maybe you've had similar experiences. But this is part of the reason why I really consider myself a mystic. I'm very attuned to signs and symbols and coincidences. They have been very meaningful to me in my life as ways of navigating and understanding my own experience and consciousness. So, I mean, if you really consider it, there is no separation in consciousness. The outside world is just reflecting back everything to us that's already internally there. Then these signs and symbols are magically sent from ourselves to help us as guideposts along the way. But, I must tell you, the real topic of today, is the idea of health and as a integrative awareness coach i support and help people deal with wounds that they've had probably most of their lives And I'm not necessarily talking about physical wounds, but emotional, psychological wounds that often manifest physically in disease or certain conditions that people battle with. And this leads me to healthcare in general. And the idea that all of us, at one time, at another, Suffer from illness or disease, and this brings me to the idea that what we're facing right now is a worldwide, worldwide health pandemic. Is actually the healthcare crisis before the healthcare crisis, or maybe after the healthcare crisis? I should say. And so I want to tell you a little bit about what I mean by that. So, um, right now in the skies, I have also seen this topic emerge through what is known asteroid Chiron, known as the Wounded Healer. And Chiron represents that part of us, whether it be psychological, emotional, emotional wounds that won't heal, and so this uh, archetype also shows up in the image or character of the Fisher King that was found in. Um, Tales of the grail and the Fisher King was a king who became ill and his entire kingdom uh, suffered and reflected his illness was reflected in his kingdom interestingly enough and so there was a direct connection between the king's health and his kingdom the land and the people and the nature Around him. And so, how does this relate to what we are experiencing right now? How we take care of ourselves, what health means. And the COVID pandemic has had us pause and change the way that we interact, it's shifted our entire way of life and how we have our being in the world. But I'd like to give you a little bit of frame or context for the COVID and how it is or how it can be seen uh, in the backdrop of the healthcare system, the healthcare crisis before The pandemic even arrived so I've been a teacher many of you might know for the past 15 years and I just left my career just this year but as a teacher I had an opportunity to be on the front lines to have that front row seat to children and their families and the challenges and obstacles that each one had to overcome and face as they shut up to school every day, the obstacles as a teacher that I had to face t- uh, to learning, to teaching, and it all just kind of gave me a really bird's-eye view of the social issues affecting so many of us. And as a frontline worker, as many people that work with the public uh, intimately, such as counselors and nurses and doctors and cashiers and waitresses, and all the people that have a face-to-face interaction with the public, we often get the brunt of the social ills First, as many people bring what they have to share with us. And so, of course, you can imagine having over 145 students a day, having that many interactions per day can take quite a toll on one person and the additional demands of being an educator in a classroom, having contact with parents and supporting them and creating systems that support their children, helping them create a sense of discipline and accountability that's not always um, first nature to parents, as many were not educated or informed about how the nervous system develops and the cognitive development of children how it occurs let alone their own cognitive development and so in addition to the labor involved in teaching a subject there's also all sorts of additional demands uh, made in order to ensure that a student shows up and is present in class, including dealing with behaviors, increased demand for special needs, the increased levels of ADHD and autism, which all put greater demands on not only the system of education, but the people that are actually on the ground doing the work. Whether this involves dealing with gun violence or bullying prevention, teaching tolerance in a climate that, where I should say our country actually, is not the the prime example of tolerance in many cases, and sometimes it feels like you're well, not sometimes, almost every day feels like you're working against a tide that is gaining a little bit more traction every day. But through my 15 years of practice and even before that, while I was completing my master's degree, I found some solace and some ways to help reduce my stress through a regular meditation and yoga practice and of course because I benefited so much I naturally wanted to share this with my students and my fellow teachers and the staff members at my school as well as the entire school district and my community which I did for about five years and I soon realized that For me, it was like just putting a little band-aid on a much bigger problem that was very evident to me as a society. And this reminds me of the idea that when you travel, when you get on a plane, they always say, in case of emergency, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before you try to help other people and so that's what I decided to do probably for the first time in my life and I decided to um take on a radical practice of self-care which involved removing myself from that environment and I think that um that was probably a real turning point in my life because I realized that many of the beliefs I had um, about relationships, about service, about contribution um, were really based on the idea of self-sacrifice, putting others before yourself But this is only as good as the original source. You know, they say, love thy neighbor as thyself. And that equation includes you. Right? You are central to that equation. So if you're not loving yourself, it's really hard to be available to provide that to others. And many times in our society... This level of disconnect from self has become normalized and more often um, encouraged or we see that we end up blaming ourselves for not keeping up with a system which was not built with the individuals health or individuals health in mind but production and profits and maximizing these so I'll give you an example Um, it was I think around 2009 right around there was a national uh, real estate crisis and I had a friend who had a condo in the Bay Area with her husband it was a one-bedroom condo and they had a mortgage of about five hundred thousand dollars on it which they ended up uh, having to foreclose on because Um, the property became so devalued. And so um, she came to me in tears, crying. She told me, she said, I feel like such a failure for losing my house. And it really struck me because there was a whole um, industry that had been acting unethically and irresponsibly. And was not willing to take responsibility for the situation that they had helped create. While people like my friend, who had lost her home, just like other thousands of people who had lost their home, were probably blaming themselves. And so, well, things aren't usually, uh, you know, so easily cut and dry. Um, I noticed that part of the system is keeping people keeping people uh, feeling responsible for things that aren't necessarily their responsibility and then removing responsibility from those people who are centrally responsible for a situation and this lack of accountability um, that Allows all sorts of situation dysfunction to emerge, definitely shows up in education. And so uh, I struggled with this as a teacher. How can I help families meet the needs of their children? who are ill-equipped, not of any fault of their own, but because they haven't been trained or educated about the dynamics of developing nervous systems and cognitive development of children and how they can support that in the best way, um, was not being addressed, right? My job as a teacher was to teach a subject matter and I did take matters into my own hands, and I began teaching about cognitive developments involved in mindfulness studies. I was fortunate, fortunate to participate in a year-long educator, mindfulness educator program that was deeply uh, grounded in science, where I had the opportunity to study with nationally renowned experts in neuroscience, mental health, psychologists, neurobiologists all carrying out research on the stress response and how that affected cognitive development, learning um, polyvagal theory and the effects of trauma on children and adults and there was such a stark Um, I should say, absence of awareness and inability for us to, or responsibility or accountability, like whose job is it anyway to be teaching us to parents? I mean, my job, I was hired to teach English. And so I ended up taking on a whole nother job description. And this is what often happens to teachers because there's such a great need, and so this is what I'm referring to as a social, part of the social health crisis that was happening before what we're experiencing right now, and this was happening has been happening for many years, and. As I said, through my studies, through the year-long mindfulness educator training, I was exposed to many different uh, studies and data collection that illustrated um, just how severe the social health crisis is. But it was really hard to distinguish or acknowledge because almost invisible and I'll expand on what I mean by that but according to um, the health health statistics there are at least uh, 40% of all Americans that suffer from at least one chronic disease or more and Um, Part of this uh, study was a dive into something called the ACES study, which was uh, made well known by a doctor, pediatrician named Nadine Burke Harris, who has now been named the Surgeon General of California. But she was working one of the uh, poorest parts of San Francisco, Bayview's Hunter Point, where she noticed that children that she was seeing had disproportionate uh, rates of childhood diseases than other zip codes, and she was interested to find out what exactly this was when she fell upon a study done by Kaiser of 17,000 adults who were um, screened for what is known as adverse childhood events. And this involves uh, mental illness in the family, a parent or family member being incarcerated, physical, psychological, or sexual abuse, a death in the family, a victim of war or a refugee, homelessness, poverty, observing or being a victim of domestic violence, drug or alcohol abuse in the home. Anyways, you get the idea. So, through this collection, uh, the doctors determined some very telling or revealing outcomes in regard to how these events affect individuals on many different levels. So, first of all, um, what was discovered was that there's a direct response, or correlation, I should say, from the number of adverse childhood effects to the rate of disease, and this extends all the way into adulthood. It also affects childhood cognitive development as the stress response becomes over um, stimulated and then conditions the nervous system uh, at a really vital time in a person's life where it becomes to see alarm or alert or perhaps there isn't any. And so the nervous system becomes conditioned into hypervigilance and this continues to affect every system in the body, including the immune system, the hormonal system, the respiratory system, the circulatory system, etc. And so the core it correlates with the number of ACEs or adverse child effects with the rate of disease. So Um, they found out one out of eight had at least four or more ACEs and that these the number of ACEs that each participant, uh, participant experienced actually multiplied their adult tendency to suffer from diseases such as cancer, heart disease, diabetes, asthma, um, and sometimes not only doubled it but uh, quadrupled it and so amazingly uh, of course these doctors and were very interested about this outcome and how it is uh, affecting people in unprecedented unconnected ways that they had seen before so And as a teacher in a classroom, dealing with the whole spectrum of the different conditions students show up with and how students are cognitively available to learn is definitely noticeable. And you don't have to do studies, you don't have to be a doctor or a scientist, you just have to be a keen observer to see that the climate of our modern society is not conducive to the development of our emotional, and physical, and psychological health and well-being. And so I refer to this as the pandemic before the pandemic. And while I'm sad that many people have suffered and lost their lives to this virus, that has changed so many people's lives. I'm also thankful because I believe that it has given all of us a chance to pause and reflect on the conditions that we have become so accustomed to because we're immersed in them every day that we don't often have the distance to truly see the water that we've been swimming in. And so... I think this is a huge call to awaken and this is a crisis within a crisis and it's interesting for me to think about the word crisis. The Greek root means decision or to decide between two paths, a decisive point, a crucial stage, a turning point and it's usually related to health the decision to be healthy or whole, or the decision to continue to be ill and disconnected. And the word health simply means whole or integrated. And this really brings me back to meditative mindfulness and yogic practices because they are all tools that help people bring into harmony their biological system on every level in alignment with their their mind and their spirit and this creates a balance of opposing forces that allows people to create union that's what the word yoga means union between seeming opposites into a unity consciousness the unity of their own consciousness and when this is done it's returning the body back to a sense of well-being and perhaps it's not even missed until it's revisited through intentional practice and so these practices also provide a context for us to view our habitual ways of thinking and feeling about ourselves first, and then of course others, and how this affects our health in our bodies, how this affects the health of other people's bodies. And so this is the real social and cultural issue at the core for me. Observing it in myself, observing it in the students around me. How we care and attend to ourselves is very important because we have young eyes watching, copying, and mimicking what they see. And that's why I always return back to the inner pilgrimage. What it means to be conscious. And the idea that we are allowed to experience the knowledge of our own being, our true self, which is our lived experience outside of the narrow funnels and categories we've been given to live in that don't necessarily attend To the deep needs of our heart and our soul and our mind so my call is to you is to abandon how other people define who you are abandon what other people think you should do for your own well-being and happiness But instead, tune into your own awareness, your own experience, your own knowledge, and trust it instead of following prescribed ideas from the outside about what consciousness is. Nobody needs to tell you what it is because it is your birthright. It is who you are. So. At this juncture, at this turning point, we all have the power to choose for ourselves. And in doing so, our choices empower others. All right. I think that's all for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Mind Heart Space podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. If you'd like to find out more about my integrative awareness coaching services, you can check out my website at www.mindheart.space.com. There is a link on the website to schedule a 15 minute free chat with me if you'd like to find out more about how I might be able to support you in living a life that you love. And also don't forget to check out the 11 week free Creating Your Inner Temple meditation series available on my Facebook page as well as my new YouTube channel and if you haven't had a chance to go check that out I invite you to do that mind heart space and like and share and subscribe if that feels good to you for you and I'd like to uh, let you know I appreciate your support all right until next time please remember what a valuable treasure you are And bye for now.